Hi, this is Carl Polichuk, and I'm here with Raj Goel, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about standard operating procedures. As you can see, I have a very relaxed environment here in my office. He's got a whole business environment, so welcome to the show, Raj. It's a pleasure to be here, Carl. So I wanted to talk about a couple of different blog posts. One is, if you are not a follower of Andy Parks, I recommend that you go to my blog role uh, over at smallbizthoughts.com, click on Andy's uh, blog. He is celebrating his 10th anniversary as a blogger, so I think that's pretty cool, and he's got a lot of good stuff, so go check him out. Also, just yesterday, so we're recording this on Friday, and yesterday, Jay McBain, who is a, a good long-term member of our community, posted up a blog post about the 100 most followed people in our community. So if you look at, you know, top to bottom, so number one is Rob Ray from Datto, and number three is my good friend Dave Sobel from Solar Winds. and sadly, I'm way down at 27, but hey, I'm on the list. So anyway, it's a great list of people who are very influential in the community, and a group of people that is absolutely worth following. So check that out, Jay McBain. And again, that's on my blog roll, but also just go to jmcbain.com and uh, you'll, you'll find it. So Raj, have you got a couple of recommended blog posts for us? Yes, Carl, we've got two lined up for you. All righty, so tell us what they are. First one is on creating obvious SOPs. And I know people are probably thinking, hey, Carl, you talk about SOPs all the time. Who's this Raj character and why is he on the show? So let's address that up front. Um, I've been a follower and a fan of yours for forever. <laughs> and having read your works and you know Robin Robbins and Get Things Done and Four Hour Work Week and E-Myth, and you know, um, and a lot of other members of our community, including um, uh, Gary Pika and so on, everybody tells you you need to have processes in your business. And everybody preaches the gospel of process from right. Deming onwards. And what we realized is, yes, it's, yes, we want process, but where do we get them? And there was not a ready-made library of recipes we could use. So what we ended up doing is taking guidance from me and a whole bunch of other experts in our own experience and actually turning them into real live recipes on how to run our business, marketing, IT operations, and so on. And the first SOP uh, article I have for you, blog post I have for you, is called Creating Obvious SOPs. And what's an obvious SOP? Obviously. Well, the reason this was written is when I started training my employees and some of our clients, the text would always go to documenting the difficult stuff. Stuff they do rarely like an exchange server setup or, you know, VMware, some, something that they just rip their hair out on. But all the day-to-day -day obvious stuff. How do you set up a client workstation? How do you set up an Outlook signature? How do you set up email on a smartphone? How do you reset a password in Windows? You know, duh, it's obvious. <laughs> well, it's obvious to you and me. It's obvious to technicians. It's not obvious to the end user. Right. And so we go through a big cultural adaptation of encouraging and incentivizing our staff and our clients to document the duh, obvious stuff. And if you're a good manager and you've got processes in place, and most businesses do, if you're not having your people document the obvious stuff, you're leaving a lot of money and a lot of productivity on the table. Right. Well, it's interesting because it's also the case that sometimes we forget the obvious stuff. I have on more than one occasion 
you know, been faced with a, a Windows 7 machine, for example, and I'm like, oh my God, like, how do I do this thing? Because I know how to do it on my machine, but, you know, I'm using Windows 10 or Windows 8 or whatever. And so I'm going to switch to the other glasses. There we go. I can see you now. Um, but, you know, there's little stuff. Plus, there's things that you do all the time that drive consistency, yeah. right? And if the thing that you do every single time is the same every day, uh, you can really drive a lot of consistency and profitability in your company. Yes, the other thing we learned is as our team is growing, what one technician or one person considers obvious is not so obvious to the other person. And so when we would take, you know, task A for a client A, set up a machine at client A, and give it to the second employee, they would do completely different results and get something wrong or something different because they didn't do something, duh, that's obvious. Well, everybody knows where the domain password is. Duh, everybody knows where these drives need to be mounted. Well, no, it's not obvious. And so encouraging and really diving into are we documenting the obvious SOPs has made our clients love us more than anything else we do. <laughs> All righty. And have you got another one for us? Yep. And the second one is actually an interview that Sweet Process uh, a Blog did with me about two years ago. Because um, we were, I was exchanging the com um, communications with the, the, uh, the writer and the author. And he's like, you know, you're, travel so, you're traveling so much. You're in so many conferences. How does your business run? You know, do, are you doing any work at all? You know, because if, you, if you're on the airplane every other week, people start to wonder, do you actually have a work? Do you actually have a job? Or right. you're just a, you know, a face with a smile at a conference. And so well, actually, I would, I, until five years ago, I could not travel. Until 2009, taking a long weekend off was an impossibility. I planned a long weekend vacation with my wife, you know, three whole days. <laughs> over, I think Columbus Day weekend or something. And I spent half that vacation on the phone with the office. And that is no way to run a life. Fast forward to last year, where my family and I took five and a half weeks of vacations, on top of which I spent 60 business days out of the office at conferences, on TV, uh, traveling to various places. And the, what's the difference between 09 and, and 015? We implemented a lot of processes at BrainLight. So everything we do runs by SOPs. Um, you know, the mantra at BrainLink is you're either using an existing SOP unmodified, which is a great place to be. Right. Or you're slightly modifying the existing process because something needs to be changed. Or you're writing a brand new SOP because we're doing something you haven't done before. Or you're looking for a new job. <laughs> I have gone to a place where if you're not using an SOP, and how do we know this? So we do a process every single business day called daily backup review where one of our employees goes through every single data vault we have and verifies in writing, every server's been backed up in the last 24 hours, it's been synced off-site, there's free space, there are no errors, and not only do they sign their name to that ticket, they actually link the SOP they used to follow that and the checklist they used, and this, these tickets are client-facing. So if, and if, if any of those four conditions are not met, no good on-site backup, no off-site sync, insufficient free space, any kind of errors, that's an invalid backup. When our clients see this, they generally go, what was, you know, what happened? What's wrong? And by having every ticket that we complete that has an SOP link to it, not only brings uh, accountability to the process, it also means when somebody else takes over, like three months later, oh, what did Carl do? 
I don't know, but if I look at the ticket, aha, click the link, read the SOP, and now we cut down our time to market. And at, the way I see it, we're in a customer service business. Right. We're no different than waiters in a restaurant. And if you're making the customer wait for the soda and their coffee and the napkin and the fork and everything else, and their cigarette butts on the, and, the, and their soup, they're not coming back. And so we do everything we can to remove the speed bumps from, ha- our, from our clients getting the best possible service possible because we want them to be lifelong repeat customers at our restaurant. Right. So the interesting thing is that, you know, obviously from my perspective, uh, you're preaching to the choir, right? Yep. So, uh, but your processes, so some of them are, are like the obvious processes are things like checking the backups. If you switch to a different backup system, most of that process would stay exactly the same. Other things are, are very product specific. Like you have specific things for ConnectWise, for example. Yeah. So what do you think is the mix of sort of generic processes or you know processes that are 90% generic versus ones that are very, very product specific? We don't like generic processes. So the daily backup is generic process, but the way it's currently implemented is with this current version of Datto. So when Datto went from Series One, uh, Series Two to Series Three, our SOPs had to be updated because it's you know if you're just using the same old process from three years, six years, even six months ago, and the product changed dramatically, you're either leaving um, money on the table, or you're creating new problems, or you're leaving efficiencies on the on the table. You know we will not use a VMware 5.0 SOP for VMware 5.5 or VMware 6. VMware 5.1 we might, it's very similar. So the key thing is, and here's one of the hangups we got over. When we were writing generic documentation, our business was terrible. And when I look, and I've spoken, I know about 2,000 MSPs worldwide. I visit about 200 of them in the last three years, last four years. I like to visit my peers and my friends every time I go someplace. So what is the most common problem we all have? We all share the same exact problems. We can't find enough technicians. Our documentation internally is just terrible. And vendor documentation is miserable and it goes downhill from there. Why? Because most of us try to write generic one size fits all. And you're using a food analogy, because I'm a foodie and I like food. If you read most IT documentation it says, take pasta product, boil, add sauce, add cheese, serve. Now is that a spaghetti marinara with a bit of uh, Parmesan on top or is it a lasagna? Or is it a mac and cheese? Whereas we go, IT is a lot like cooking. Macaroni and cheese is macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese with truffle oil is a slightly different dish. Lasagna is different. Spaghetti is different. When I, in a look, look in your kitchen. Look in my kitchen. We have 30 cookbooks in my kitchen, several thousand recipes. I've got 200 recipes for soup. Why? Because that little, you know, that butternut squash, squash recipe with cinnamon is very different from the one with nutmeg. Tiny little differences make a big change. And so we're a big fan of create as many SOPs as you like. We'll never run out of storage. We'll never run out of database licenses. And I'd rather have, this is how we install your workstation at that point in time. Because if I've got to do 10 more of these in the next quarter, there's a very high likelihood nothing major is changing. But if I'm doing, say, Windows 7 to Windows 10 replacement, we will actually gut the entire SFP start from scratch because we don't want to bring the old thinking models 
into a new environment. We've gone through seven different back of products. Right. Each back of product, we have specific SOPs because no two vendors are alike and no two vendors have the same capabilities or competencies. You know, even Veeam versus Datto, theoretically, they both do virtual, full virtual backups. But how you back up, how do you check, how do you restore are so comp different and the mental model is different. Our Veeam SOP is different from a VMware SOP. So let me, let me uh, ask you about your business. So sure. um, what products do you use? How many employees do you have? You know, the whole deal. So give me, give me a sure. sense of who you are and, and uh, you know, why you come to have these processes. Fair enough. So we use uh, ConnectWise, Continuum, Sophos Firewalls, um, WebRoot, Sophos Antivirus, Dato Backups, a lot of VMware, Windows 7, 8, 10, Windows 08 R2, up to Windows 2016 servers, some AWS, some clients on uh, Gmail. We have pretty much the, the technology stack a lot of other businesses have. Uh, we specialize in uh, hedge funds, private equity, and construction firms. So then we also have core competencies in Bloomberg, Realtek, and Timberline to LOVs that impact those businesses. From a technology stack, what we have is what a lot of other MSP peers have. And our, my biggest frustration, you know, I've been in business for 22 years, became an MSP in 09, 010. And between the jargon and there was so much I had to learn in this space and there was no good place, to, easy place to learn it. And then as I bring on new employees, whether it's for service manager or technician or team lead, there isn't an easy way to train them because we don't have formal training for IT professionals like going to law school or medical school. If you look at medicine, for example, just going to med school isn't enough. You have to spend four or five years of residency, then a couple of years specializing before you actually become a, a real professional doctor. So we looked at that model. I looked at a lot of training models before I, I ended up inventing SOP culture because I didn't want to invent it. It's cheaper to buy it than to make it. And had I known then what I know now, I still would have preferred to buy it but we couldn't. And so we ended up creating these recipes first internally for ourselves. We had no desire to tell anybody about it because we were embarrassed at how poor our documentation was and how poor our processes were. And well, accidentally about two years ago, one of my employees sent an SOP to a client and how we restart the time uh, clock machine on their server, 150 employees in a warehouse. If the time clock doesn't work, the company doesn't work. And my employee was on training that day. The client sends and take at eight o'clock in the morning before we open. We have an emergency, get my time clock up and running. And she thankfully attached the PDF to her, uh, to her email and her ticket. So instead of trying to figure out what my employee had done, because I don't deal with this client on an operational basis, is able to pull up the PDF, follow the steps, 10 minutes later, she's in back in business. And that day we had a huge revelation. Any client facing SOPs, how do we set up your Outlook, your signature, your smartphone, your VPN setup. We give them to the client unasked and we train them on it and it has had a big impact of reducing our service calls because nobody wants to call us if they can self-service. Hey, doesn't make my rates go down, makes my profitability go up. Exactly. So they're still paying you every month on a flat fee and life is good. So, um, so financial services, private equity, this sounds like your clients are really rich. Uh, some are and some aren't, and that's why we will see of construction, which is the exact opposite business. Financials are very rich, and they give us a, the ability to buy a lot of very high-end products. Uh, the construction, on the other hand, is the exact opposite business, 
They don't have a lot of money. They have very poor connectivity. I've got clients where they've got 10 people working out of a trailer with a uh, 3G, 4G data card. And so we intentionally looked at these two products as uh, a financially hedging them. In the New York market, when financials are high, construction tends to be low. When financials are lagging, it, uh, the construction tends to be high. So this is our financial hedge for ourselves. Right. And operationally, by working with these two extremes, I've got all the money in the world, failure is not an option. I've got next to no money, and they've got a high tolerance for we can be down for a day. How do we deliver a good product to both environments? And what can we learn from each one to the other? We take the high stuff we learn here, bring it down market here on the flip side. The construction industry is so porous. I can't tell, I can't tell my users they can't put stuff on their laptops or they can't let strangers in. The entire business is, hey, we got a job trailer building a new hospital, 150 contractors, 300 laptops going to fly through my trailer in the next 90 days. No control, no standards, no ability to say no. So this is a completely forest network. And we suspect, I predict, in the next three years, almost every business will become this colander where you can't control the endpoint, you can't control, you can't enforce any standards. Uptime is mandatory. And how do you run a business and how do you deliver security and uptime in that environment has had to have us actually, we've actually had to invent a lot more processes and a lot more technology for our construction clients than our financial clients. In some, in some areas, financial clients are easy because they're their traditional IT support model. Right. But supporting a very highly moving chaotic Plus, environment. to be honest, they, the financial people probably take security way more seriously. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Because there's no question about what's at stake. Yeah. Um, so, so you built all these processes, yeah. and SOPs. You built a culture of SOPs. So kind of your branding is SOP culture, right? That is. Um, so you have basically decided that you want to turn these into a set of products. Yes. So quickly tell me about those. Sure. So the product, uh, we have a thousand recipes in our database. We were licensing about 500 of them, 500 client facing with sensitive data. First, give me your, give me the uh, URL. SOPculture.com. SOPculture.com. Okay. So, so you've got about 500. We're licensing 500 SOPs to other MSPs already. We have uh, some very successful MSPs in the million to 5 million revenue range who looked at us and said, oh my God, where have you been my entire life? Because they realized the same thing I did. We have, you know, we have 10 employees, or most of our clients tend to have five to 20 employees, and standardizing staff training is the biggest battle. And when you have one technician, one service manager, you can kind of wing it. When you have two, three, four technicians, or five or 10, and you want them all to deliver the same consistent service, it becomes a bit more challenging. You know, when, I, when you walk into Starbucks, when I walk into Starbucks worldwide, I get the same badly burnt coffee exactly the same way every Starbucks in the world. I don't get a different Starbucks going with a different barista. Whereas in, at least in our shop and a lot of our friends that we looked at, depending on which technician you spoke to, your service experience was different. So I'm a big believer in we need to standardize our industry and our services offering. Our clients should get the same experience from our technicians and our service managers that they get from Starbucks or the staff at Marriott. 
individual personality matters. You know, having your people smile at you matters. But at the end of the day, whether barista number one or barista number 15 made the latte, it should be the same latte. Whether technician one or technician 15 installed that workstation, it should work and function exactly the same. And so a lot of other MSPs have looked at it and, some, and many have adopted it because now they get a ready-made list of recipes they can use. They also get our runbook technology and our platform and how we train our employees. So when I, I had a new technician two weeks ago, day one, hour four of his job, first three hours are, hello, let's go through all the paperwork, health insurance, W2, all that. In line a quick lunch break, hour four. Here is your brand new laptop, your brand new phone, and your 1,670 legal page PDF <laughs> of 70 recipes, not 700, not 7,000, but the 70 most important recipes you must master in the next 90 days. And what we also discovered, both us and our MS, the soft culture clients, is our clients. We have a, a real estate client, we've got a financial client who are actually paying us very large consulting fees to embed SOP culture in their business because they have 20, 30, 40 employees. Their customers are all over the map. Their employees did it. Every business is a technology business. My clients are in office spaces. But when you go to get, right, get an office from them, your phone needs to be set up, your internet needs to be set up, your email needs to be properly forwarded, um, all these back-end processes have to happen. And they had so much turnover, it was all tribal knowledge and it was chaotic. So we've spent the last 14 months, we sp I've spent six months basically playing receptionist. I and my team learned what their receptionists had to do, and we actually gave them a 300-page manual that they go through in three hours with each and every employee, which cut out so much downtime and so much so, client aggravation. So with your new employees, how do you evaluate their knowledge of these SOPs? Or do they need knowledge of the SOPs, or do they just need to know how you execute an SOP and where to find it. So they, the purpose of the first 90 day training is they actually get to do the SOPs. We've identified the 70 most critical ones they need to do. Starting with the first SOP they follow is how to set up their email account on their laptop. So we use on-premise exchange. I or my team lead will, will log into our exchange server. We're not giving a new hired domain passwords. <laughs> but once we get logged in, after which first step is done, the next 27 steps, the new hire follows. How do you click on the EMC organization, create your account, join yourself the domain? That way, I'm not paying a level three employee to do level one work. Right. I'm also not accused of, oh, you misspelled my name. Yeah, you know, you can type by your own name. I'm not going to get blamed for you typing your name. And the SOP ends with them, them adding themselves to the right groups, them adding themselves to a reflection for spam filtering, and then doing an end-to-end -end email test between their personal account, their billing account, back and forth, this does four things. It for, frees up my level three to do real client-facing work, trains my new hire that we do everything by the process, avoids the whole, you misspell my name, my name is not right, my email isn't working nonsense. They don't get to move to the next SOP till their email is working. And it also trains them at a gut level that whenever you set up an account for anybody, it's not enough to go, I got the account set up in Exchange or 365. You have to do end-to-end -end email flow testing. The next SOP they follow on day one is how to strip down and set up your laptop. If you got a Windows 8 laptop or Windows 8, 1 or 10, here's our SOP for it. All the stuff we want you to remove because every vendor comes with junk in there. Install our knock agent, install our continuum agent, our antivirus, 
make sure it's on the portal. Next morning, you get to confirm your machine's on the portal and it's been patched. Right. And then they it's track all the stuff that you would do with a client, right? They're exactly. just they're learning it on their own. So um, and then they track every SOP they're doing in their training tickets. And we also have built a project plan for every one of our employees. It tracks these 70 SOPs that they need to do on a day-to-day, week-by-week basis. And when they say they've done at least two or three times, they mark it complete. That's when I or one somebody else on my team will actually quiz them on it. Until you say, yeah, you know how to root PRTG, we're not going to bother you. But the moment you say you've completed the PRTG SOPs, okay, Carl, great. Uh, go set me up a PRTG probe uh, to monitor google.com and ping this IP. I got this alert. Tell me what it means. Right. So the, the product that you're selling is a bundle of 500 SOPs. Correct. And how is it delivered? So it's delivered um, either you can host it in our cloud. It's a live service. Or we can deliver it on-prem to you. And we have clients who go either, either way. So how is an SOP, how is it delivered as a live service? Like, what do you mean? Like- Fair enough. So what you're getting is an actually fully uh, configured kind of Confluence server with all the plugins you need. Uh, we set up, if it's in our cloud, we'll set up a dedicated server for you that's only you and your employees have access to. It's not shared with any other MSP or anybody else. We load a library into it. We set up all the permissions and the group structure for you. And we give you three different spaces. Our SOPs, which are your reference library, give you your space uh, to create your own SOPs, another space to create your, docu- your non-SOP documentation, network diagrams, photos, and so on. And we go through a live one-hour web uh, training with you over GoToMeeting, which we record for you. And from there on, the first thing we ask our clients to do is create 10 SOPs to put in their portfolio. One, if I'm a new employee at your company, how do I set up my email? How do I set up my laptop or my desktop? Right. How do I set up? How do I set up desktops for all your your top three clients? So uh, this is a subscription. It is a subscription. So the service fee, the monthly service fee, yeah. gets me access to your templates, which I can customize, obviously, for my own yes. company because I might set something up a little bit differently or do things in a different order. Exactly. And then um, I create my bundle of SOPs. Yes. That and some of which may have nothing to do with yours, but I just exactly. upload my own um, and store it there. And then is, it, uh, is this used so that when I go to a client, I access your site and download an SOP or check it off uh, online or how is it executed? Fair enough, great question. So it is available online, whether it's on our servers or yours, it's a web accessible service. So if you're setting up a new laptop for yourself or your client, uh, the way we recommend and we train our clients on, we recommend this heavily is before you send a tech on site, either tech or dispatch, somebody's going to have to create the ticket. You know, need to set, need to set, up, set up a new laptop for Carl. Great. What's the address? What's the client? What's the SOP the person needs to follow? And then in that ticket, the tech, if you're assigning it to a technician, either dispatch or technician needs to confirm before they leave for the job site what SOPs they're going to be following if it's something that we've already done before. You go on site, you, you pull up the SOP and you print it out and you follow it. And one thing, the thing we also recommend going forward is we are a big believer in using ConnectWise to its power. So we believe in centered service templates. So if it's a client, we've done a desktop setup for before and we have a client with a desktop setup that's 170 step, steps in the SOP, 37 tasks in ConnectWise. Because we've done about 40 of these for this client. So when that ticket gets created and we accept that work order, our dispatcher or our technician, before going on site, 
will actually log in at ConnectWise, apply the standard service template, which will automatically attach all the tasks and a PDF of the SOP to the ticket. So if the tech is working someplace where there's no connectivity, print the PDF out. Right. And then you can use it online. You can get your smartphone. My, I'm a big believer in print the SOP out. They'll make more trees. And I'm, we're also a big believer in when you go to the job site, print the ticket out. Yes, you can check off in ConnectWise online. You did all the tasks. But I actually require my employees to print the ticket out, sign it by hand, leave it on the client's table. Because that adds accountability. Because if they're signing a name to something, they're not going to short circuit the process. So interesting question, because I guarantee if you were making this presentation to a live audience, yeah. 75 people right now are raising their hand to ask you, aren't you afraid that if you leave the SOP on the client's desk that they're going to say, hey, now I can just do this myself and I don't need Raj at all? Oh, I get that question every single time. <laughs> and... The quick backstory on that is I actually ended up going through the SOP culture building processes for ourselves. But once a year, because we work in highly regulated industries, and I've been in compliance since 1996 with healthcare, key thing with comp every compliance is client processes need to be documented. And uh, an article of faith at BrainLink is once a year, we automatically give our clients a complete runbook, all the configuration data out of ConnectWise, all the SOPs we built for them, and all of our standard SOPs that apply to their business, we give it to them in a PDF runbook with, without them asking for it. They can also ask it on demand. And when we fired a with the client, whether we fired a client or the client fired us or we outgrew each other, we actually give them their runbook as part of the separation process because A, it's the right thing to do. The client paid us to build these SOPs. You know, look at healthcare. Pre-HIPAA, you went to a doctor, your medical data belonged to the doctor, you went to a new doctor, the doctor told you, go pound sand. With post-HIPAA, they can't do that. You want to change doctors, they have to give you medical records. You paid for the service, you get your medical records. In our look at banking, you go to Chase, you put money in, if it's a checking or savings, you can take the money, go to Citibank, Chase can't tell you no. Whereas in the IT industry, it's an open secret, we hold our clients hostage. And whatever marketing lines well, approve. You know, it's funny because I guess we're both in agreement on this. You try to hold your clients hostage, right? I've probably acquired two clients ever in 20 mm -hmm. years that had properly documented networks, or at least where the documentation was left where I could find it. I had one client that um, they left us, and one of my technicians went to work for the company that took them over. Mm -hmm. and he said that they had removed their documentation binder. It was gone. They had taken it with them and the client no longer had it. But I knew that we've given it to the client in electronic format every year for whatever it was, 12 years. Uh, so I knew that the client had it if they absolutely needed to. And uh, when that client came back to us, mm -hmm. there was no documentation anywhere. So it's, it's quite alarming, but it's also interesting, like the documentation didn't keep them from losing that client. Right. Right. And the way I see it, not only does it belong to the client, you know, if you hold them against their will, it's holding them hostage. But if they want to be in, in business with you because they love you because you're doing a great job, we're not holding them hostage. We're making them fall in love with us. And our client, you know, when we survey our clients every year, 
And when I did a survey about two years ago with one of our most difficult clients, you know, wh uh, what do you like about it? You know, why did you hire us? How are we better than the other guy? What do you like about us? What can we improve? I expect that our clients to go, we're faster, we're smarter, we're more responsive, we resolve issues. Five of my top seven clients all said the same thing. They loved us because we take it and we document. And the first time I read it, I got so angry. I closed my office. I started, I just went red for like hours. Like I was insulted. Because I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we were better, faster, smarter. Why are we getting credit for Panequise of all things? <laughs> and then I realized we were getting credit because we actually, from our perspective, I thought we were going to get kudos for being better and smarter and faster. But from Clyde's perspective, they don't care how fast we are. They care how good we are and how diligent we are and how can they trust us. And the more I opened the kimono, the more I opened the books, we share, you know, when we shared the SOPs with our clients, I was terrified. They were going to look at us like, geez, you guys suck. <laughs> but we realized instead of they were like, oh my God, why didn't these other guys do it before? Right. And to have a client sit there on an annual review meeting, spend half hour bitching about a guy they fired three years ago that you replaced. Three years later, the pain is still there. Yes. And then to have clients, we were not MSP clients for us at all. We have a client that owns real estate buildings, apartment buildings. We can't service them. They're too widespread. They're not in our target markets. They said, yeah, we don't want you to manage IT. You got a guy for that. But can you train them? We're not a training company. Yeah, but I've seen your SOPs. Oh, I'm not that big a dummy. <laughs> and now turned into a nice six-figure uh, consulting project. So this year, we have two, uh, we have three clients that are going to drop uh, mid-six figures on us, uh, about 200k or so in uh, revenue that they've already dropped it on us for purely consulting. And by doing this, we're making their companies better. We're making them more profitable. All right. So we're almost out of time. But Enough. But how can people find out more about this, uh, the product, and determine whether or not it's something that they would be interested in and whether they're the right uh, target for uh, your SOPs? Absolutely. Go to SOPculture.com. So first thing is we do a free monthly webinar, no charge whatsoever, on our best practices, how we do client onboarding, how we hire employees, how we do security reviews, how we do annual reviews how we do proactive budget planning. So there's a free topic every month. Sign up. All you will get from us is spam. That's all it will cost you is your, some email. Uh, then beyond that, there's some articles. There's a lot of blog posts. And if you want to do it yourself, go right ahead. I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell you you have to buy my product. If you can do it on your own, if, you have, if you're time rich and cash poor, do it yourself. But if you get to the stage where most of us get to, where writing the check is easier than spending time on it, we would happily license recipes to you, and it, it's working out well for our clients who rave about it. In fact, just three weeks ago, we did a webinar with a client of ours in Washington, D.C., who runs a very successful MSP, and he saw ROI in four hours of buying the product, <laughs> and his clients love him more than they ever did. And when top MSPs tell you that their clients are loving them more than they ever did because they're doing better documentation, that is an awesome feeling. So I, I gotta say, you know, I have these books on SOPs, right? Yes, I do. I've had people tell me, they, they in email and at conferences, I love your books, I bought your books, I haven't read them yet, I haven't implemented anything, and I'm like, you know, wow, come on. Like, literally every single one of these SOPs will make you money. Yeah. You just, but it does take time and effort. You have to sit down and you have to implement them. 
And in some ways, I wish that my book had tear out pages so that you could just like, all right, so I'm just take this chapter, I'm going to take these, whatever, 10 pages, <laughs> we're going to do that. Uh, because I think sometimes the big book is uh, daunting. You know, it is, it's something where people look at it and they go, oh my God, it's a project. You know, yep. you got to do it all at once. It's all or nothing. And that's not the case. Any little, anything you do to standardize your business will make you more profitable. And the other thing we provide is along with your licensing, you get monthly access to me and my team. So we actually do live training for our clients. You got an employee that you can't train because he's not listening to you. I guarantee you he'll listen to me or one <laughs> of my colleagues. And so we actually, part of the, your service, our service offering is helping train your staff to be more effective because my end game is to make our industry be as professional and as productive as the other professions. Very good. All right. Well, so it's SOPculture.com and they can find there, I think you've got a list of the SOPs and the different categories that yep. and so forth uh, and uh, pricing and so forth. And we're going to post up with this, your email and your contact information. And uh, so I think that's it. Any final words? Uh, I wish my background was as cool looking as yours. I think I'm going to change mine because that is so much better. Just pay somebody to, to paint the wall in your office. I will. That's a way better background than this one. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. And if the landlord doesn't like it, you just roll her over it when you move out. I'm married to her. <laughs> she can't throw me out. Very good. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you. Tune in again. I hope you subscribe to uh, SMB Community Podcast. Subscribe to the blog, and we will see you next time. 